welcome to the Chapman CG Podcast, inspiring and informative conversations with top HR leaders from around the world. President and CEO of HP, Meg Whitman, says that success hinges on the consistency of leadership, focus, execution, and most importantly, great products and services. I'm here with Christy Lake, SVP for HP Software at Hewlett Packard. Hi, Christy. Hi, how are you? I'm well. It's, it's great to uh, hear your voice. Uh, Christy and I have known each other since, uh, it would have been 2009, Christy, when you were in Singapore. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, 2009. 2009 to 2011. And uh, today, what we're going to be talking about is the, the HR model inside of tech, uh, the technology uh, company of HP. And I think it's a very interesting time to be talking to Christy, uh, owing to um, the split of HP uh, in two, but more on that later. Uh, Christy, tell us a bit about your background. Um, you've obviously had um, tremendous amount of experience um, during your career. So start at the beginning. Sure. Um, so going all the way back, uh, I've I've had a, a an entire career in the human resources space. I started early days in the talent acquisition space, um, working for Bain and Company and uh, Capgemini. I'm doing talent acquisition and university programs with them. Um, shifted into a retail business and was with uh, the Home Depot, a, a U.S.-based company, for about five years, doing a variety of different roles. So started in talent acquisition, um, moved into uh, like a chief of staff type role for our, our EVP of HR, and then um, spent uh, the latter part of my time there doing um, HR M&A, so doing a lot of uh, both buy and sell side transactions um, and looking after the HR and kind of integration parts of that. Um, after Home Depot, I came to Hewlett-Packard, and I've been here for eight years now. I've had um, a bunch of different roles at HP as well. I came into uh, a talent role, um, and we were in diligence for um, the EDS uh, acquisition that we did in 2008, so very quickly went on the M&A team uh, working on that integration which led me to um, Asia, actually, in 2009, as you mentioned. I went across to Singapore and was looking after both the services business and carrying on that integration at the country level across across APJ, as well as our enterprise business for the region. Uh, returned to the U.S. in uh, 2011 and was looking after our laser jet business. Um, and then um, through a, a series of internal um uh, organ- reorganizations, um, was looking after our support and services business for kind of the collective print and PC, um, and most recently am in HP software, as you mentioned. Um, so uh, definitely um, a, lot of, a lot of growth and a lot of learning along the way, a couple of different industries and a few different geographies, so it's been great. So tell us about the, uh, the split of HP into two, and uh, I believe... Uh, all this is eminent with uh, the 1st of August, uh, just five days away. Yeah, so we are five days out from the, the formal split. Um, and and certainly, I think you guys would see if you, you know, just follow the, the tech industry in general, um, many, many companies going through separation. I think we're tagged as the second largest company split that's ever been done. Um, so it's, it is daunting it has been daunting and and we are very close as you mentioned to operationalizing it so we uh, announced the separation on October the 6th and have been working really diligently across the company across uh, um, you know myriad work streams to get these two 
independent, publicly traded companies ready to operate as two publicly traded separate companies. And we will flip the switch on that for August 1st and then run one quarter um, in our new structure before the formal separation happens November 1st. So for all intents and purposes, uh, five days out is the go-live date. And so the company will be split into, correct me if I'm wrong, HP Inc. and Hewlett Packard Enterprise. That's right. So, um, so two uh, more narrowly uh, focused enterprise organizations. One focused on kind of the large enterprise business, from our technology services to um, our enterprise services, the software business, and the enterprise business servers, storage, networking, etc. And on the other side, HP Inc., which is the um, PC, desktop, and uh, printing businesses. Um, two businesses certainly that are in the enterprise space, but certainly a little bit um, more focused in, in each of their um, spaces. And when you look at them from an industry compare perspective, certainly both trade at different multiples. So the, the business case is very compelling in terms of you know customer focus as well as, as the financials that support it. Lots of value we hope to unlock in the separation. So it must have been quite a task for HR, this separation. Uh, tell, tell us what that's been like. Um, it has been monumental. Um, when you think about the the breadth of our current organization, we have over 300,000 employees working in, I think, 170 countries, legacy acquisitions, legacy brands that we've stood up. We've got a whole host of different benefit schemes um, across the, the different legal entities that we maintain. Again, going back to a lot of the acquisitions that we've done, you've got acquired rights directives across you know, our countries in Europe. Um, so a ton, a ton, a ton of complexity. Um, and, I, and I think from the start, uh, HR has played a really integral and pivotal role in, in terms of bringing it together. You know, when you think about the kind of human impacts, if you will, the, the businesses are pretty straightforward. You know, if you're a software engineer today, you're going to be a software engineer reporting into the software uh, business tomorrow. A lot trickier from a global functions and shared services perspective where you really do need to, um, uh, it's a horrible expression, but we call it split the baby. Um, so, you know, you've only got one head of investor relations today in the in the HP environment, but you need two of those going forward. You know, one for for the enterprise business and one for the ink business. So, um, a lot of a lot of um, talent and organizational impacts. And then when you get into just the run the business, you know, I think we had something north of 700 benefits vendors, all of which needed to be um, you know renegotiated with, and benefits needed to be. Um, locked in. You, you can't even lapse one minute of coverage uh, from an employee perspective. You know, you think of the impacts to, to people's lives if that happens. So a lot of high stakes um, operational challenges that we've had to work through. So very interested in, in two points you, you raised there. One was the talent side and the other is, you know, the organizational effectiveness side. And I guess looking at that through an, through an HR lens, um, Perspective. Um, just on the the first point on the talent side, you know, you talk about needing to sort of split everything into two roles, essentially with both organisations. How has that been handled effectively, and how has uh, employee morale been managed um, since October on this? Yeah. So um, 
from a process perspective, we were very clear in terms of how we would manage it, and it's a process that actually goes back to the to the days of when um, HP bought the Compaq Computer Company, and and a process that they put in in place, and it's you know basically uh, in this order, you know, line up the organizational strategy, align the org model that goes with that. And once you've solidified the org model, make the people decisions related to that. So it's a pretty methodical process, and you cascade that layer by layer through the organization. So you start with your leadership team, then their leadership teams, et cetera. It's difficult to coordinate that across you know, this entire company, but we did just that. So a coordinated, time-bound process, layer by layer. And so what that does is it actually enables your internal talent to understand when am I going to be considered, when can I raise my hand, you know, when will they be working on kind of this part of the organization. So it's a great enabler for internal talent, you know, moves both progression and rotation. Um, equally, it's a great opportunity to go outside and, and pick up some talent that maybe you needed to augment the team. And in particular, I would say, you know, one thing that's increasingly more and more a focus, definitely in the tech space, though I would like to say, you know, across all industries, just the the real need and opportunity to assemble diverse teams. Um in, in every manner of diversity that you would think about. So I know that we look to these opportunities to say, gosh, you know, even looking at the board, so we haven't announced our two new boards yet, but we've been, you know, working uh, diligently to make sure that we had two boards ready to go for these new companies, looking at diversity of industry background, diversity of geographic experience, et cetera. So from a talent perspective, I think it's been a really great opportunity. I think the second part of your question was around employee morale. Um, and that's that is a delicate one, right? So um, anytime there's major change like this, it brings a little bit of uncertainty and, and a little bit of risk and fear with that. So our approach to that was, you know, being clear about what the processes were, how people can engage in them, and then, you know, the the other very important part, which is just communication. So we came out of the gates with a very focused, dedicated communication to keep our employees up to speed on what was happening. They knew exactly where they could go for information. We did poll surveys, three to five questions regularly to um, gauge employee sentiment and morale and how people were feeling about you know, all sorts of things like, is this good for you? Is this good for your career? Is this good for our shareholders? How are you feeling about the separation? Um, and, and so just keeping that communication loop uh, wide open for folks so that everybody knew exactly, you know, where things were and, and uh, what they could expect. Yeah, that's very smart. So regular sort of real-time feedback on um, taking taking the pulse of where, where everyone's minds are at. Yeah, and actually, we started doing a lot of office hours as well, which was uh, something that we don't do in our normal course of business, where kind of me and, and the, the EVP for software would and, and our CFO um, would, you know, open a open the line and any employee could call in. And we did this sort of, you know, broadcast across our entire employee population to just answer questions, talk about top of mind things. So it was, a, I think, a pretty cool opportunity to actually engage with uh, engage with our teams. Yeah, that's a smart idea. I've heard of that before. How often did you do those sessions and how long were they for? Monthly, one hour. And then, you know, you would get questions that would be submitted sort of after the fact. And so we'd field those and, and email stuff back out and kind of post it online. So if we didn't get to everything, we could make sure to respond. Yeah, that's very good. 
Now, I wanted to also talk, we've talked about um, sort of the organizational transformation taking place. I want to talk about uh, the HR model um, within HP. I've long admired HP from a, from a scale perspective. Obviously, large number of employees around the world, uh, a technology company which, you know, obviously has invested in a lot of uh, practices, um, perhaps ahead of its time. I mean, I think we're really finding the technology companies when it comes to HR um, had a bit of a jump now that we're also heavily using technology. What's the HR model looking like at HP um, going forward and what is the sort of place for technology in creating greater efficiency in that model? Yeah, so the I would say the core tenants of our operating model are, have remained the same. So we think about three main pillars from an HR perspective. You have your business HR that's aligned directly to the businesses that you operate. You have a core operations team um, that leads a lot of the shared service functions as well as owns the geographic um, HR support. That would be your region and country aligned HR teams. And then we have our uh, centers of excellence where you have, you know, your um, centralized strategic program and processes like talent management, like L&D, like workforce planning. So those three tenants and pillars of our operating model are are exactly the same today as they will be tomorrow. Um, where we're always sort of tweaking and optimizing is around um, making sure that we have speed of execution and alignment. So for example, on the HP Inc. side, we've actually managed through this sort of redesign process to take the HR structure down to just five layers deep. Um, so making sure we can kind of get to ground without too many um, chains of operator uh, in the middle. Um, we've also, like you said, been bringing technology online. Um, to uh, kind of smooth some of the, the processes and transactions. So, for example, uh, two years back we put in Workday. And so there's a lot more manager and employee empowerment in terms of owning some of the processes directly rather than going through HR to gain approvals and kind of work through more antiquated processes. Uh, some of our talent and, and compensation is going online with Workday. Um, and that's really given us greater efficiency and I think better service levels um, to our organization. So so we're always looking to make tweaks like that. Um, we're looking a lot uh, as we go forward, so it's not necessarily a model decision, but in terms of strategy and focus around you know, performance management, how do we do things differently? So I, I, I think certainly some opportunities to come for us. And how has that changed, I guess, the makeup of a of a HR business partner uh, role now that you know so many of so much of the content of that role um, is, is is automated? Yeah, I think more and more when you think about the HR business partner roles, they are strategic business and organization. So be it a function or 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 a P and L kind of owning business aligned um, role where you're you know, truly connected and a, and a part of the team, um, the business team or the functional team that you're working with, and less and less the transactional um, kind of, uh, you know, operational transactional um, work, um, hiring, firing, you know, et cetera. So we have shared services that will support some of that transactional work when you do still need, you know, a person to engage with it. But more and more we're we're putting those things 
online and, and candidly online in the cloud so that you have mobile-based solutions so that you know leaders on the go can do things from their smartphone uh, when needed. So it's, it's taking that more transactional is probably the best way to put it, um, out of the function and, and kind of leaving brain space for more of the strategic. Yeah, it's fascinating how mobile telephony is uh, is changing so much, and and you know really um, within HR, um, meaning that you know we need to have critical things at our fingertips, and you know that's mirrored with business as well. Uh, Chrissy, the final question is, you know, looking forward um, with HR talent coming into HP, what do you predict is going to be the 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 future HR person that you're you're hiring? What what, what sorts of skills will will be in demand, and how how will the um, you know, the type of H, HR person HP would have hired change in the future? Um, so prognosticating, I, I think one of the core um, capabilities that, that we look for in HR that I think is getting more and more and more critical is the ability to engage in the talent discussion, the ability to identify critical talent, the ability to develop talent, the ability to manage careers for your top talent. Because, you know, whatever industry you're in today, they are becoming more and more um, thinking and and less and less, you know, traditional doing, if you will. And so, you know, the, the pieces of workforce planning are always going to be critical. The pieces of, you know, getting your, your compensation strategies right are always going to be critical. But they all align around how do you get the best people in the roles, you know, moving through your environment and contributing to your business. So I think talent is front and center and will continue to be. Um, it's not a new capability, but I think the price of entry is absolutely getting a little higher around just business acumen and the ability to engage in the business dialogue to understand very quickly what's happening in the, in the markets and the industries and the businesses that you operate and how do you tactically turn that into a people strategy. I think that's critical. I don't think it's good enough to just be a functional expert in human resources. I think if you can't translate to that to the business, you don't really have um, as much opportunity to engage in the in the conversation and be shaping the the future. You know, as environments change and organizations change, the ability to you know drive engagement through an organization where you have a very mobile, dispersed population of employees, and make sure that you've got you know performance and engagement from those. Um, dispersed teams is pretty critical. Um, so I'm not sure that I answered your question because I don't think those are net new things for our function. I just think they're incredibly amplified um, and really critical, uh, more so you know, as business progresses. That's good, Christy. Thanks for your time and good luck. Thank you. That was Christy Lake, the Senior Vice President with Hewlett Packard, talking about the current HR model at Hewlett Packard. For more excellent conversations from Chapman CG, follow our podcast series or check us out at chapmancg.com.